on, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast. My name is Chris Turner. I will be your host for today. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever this is reaching you, I hope it reaches you well. Uh, Sorry for the delay on getting back to you again. I've had a lot of technical difficulties, a lot of things going on this month. I think there's just been some freakiness going on and and maybe it wasn't time for me to pump out a bunch of episodes all at once. Um, Basically, I actually did sit down and record an episode uh, a couple of days ago. But I had some issues with my computer uh, previous in the week that I had to go ahead and reinstall the operating system. Uh, And I forgot to reinstall a driver that then when I listened back to the audio or was going to go and send it back to you guys, I realized that the audio levels were all jacked up and it sounded really crazy. So unfortunately, that one is going to be one for the the history books. I don't think we're ever going (laughs) to hear that one. But I'll do my best to incorporate what I was talking about in that episode into this one if I can. Um... It is a shame because it was kind of a fun one too, but, uh, but anyway, uh, what I talked about in that episode was the, was resonance. Um, and the reason I went on with resonance in that episode is because we talked about it in the previous one. We kind of ended on the idea of resonance. Um, and I want to try to go back to that. You know, I want to go back and start on the idea of resonance. So let's, let's go to our definitions real quick. Resonance. Let's see. So. It says, the quality and a sound of being deep, full, and reverberating. And in physics, the reinforcement or prolongation of sound by reflection from a surface or by the synchronous vibration of a neighboring object. Okay. So this is kind of in the way I was describing. These are both cool. I like both these definitions because both of them apply to what we were talking about in the other episode. Let's take the first one, the quality and the sound of being deep, full, and reverberating. Well, take away the sound part and the quality of being deep, full, and reverberating, I think is a pretty accurate description of what it feels like to resonate with something. You know, I I was thinking about this in that other episode, um, about examples of when, of when you feel resonance, what it's like to feel that. And the best way I could describe it is feeling deep, full, and, re- and, and, and reverberating, you know, it's like, you feel like you're full, you know, you feel like you're, you're, you're fueled up. Um, let's go on to the next one, the physics, the reinforcement or prolongation of sound by reflection from a surface or by the synchronous vibration of a neighboring object. This one is kind of like, I think this is, this is, this is kind of a description of, of how, how it's applied, you know, like not applied. It's not the right way to say. It. I'm trying to trying to get this idea out here. Resonance is something that you can experience in your life, but we often overlook or we often don't rec- like like register when it's happening. And it's because it's this it's the it's the unfounded things that it happens around. It's it's unfounded experience. An example of that would be um, deja vu. I think the deja vu is a form of resonance. You're reverberating, resonating with something, whether that be in the past, the future, or the present. Something is telling you or or passing information when you get that feeling of of deja vu. And you can you can sense this when you're in the middle of it. You know, you ever been in a in a situation where you're you know you're driving or whatever, and you hit that deja vu hits you, and there's this time stopping effect that happens. It's like everything ceases to move for a second. It's actually actually what catches your attention in deja vu is the fact that time seems to stop. 
There's something freaky about that. There's also something freaky about the passage of time, period, and how it relates to phenomenal experience in your life. That one of the best ways to recognize this resonance quality in experience is by looking for the elongation, the shortening, or the complete and full feeling of time stoppage. Because when that is happening, that is when your perception is being altered in some way. And there may be something to this idea of resonance or, or the, the quality of reverberation that, that affects time. Yeah, I kind of talked about it there at the end of the episode as well. We have this, you know, what is reverberation? Well, it's this, it's this, it's this, woo, 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 woo. you know, everything is a wave, right? I, I, I think that maybe that's, that's, that at a fundamental level, this thing is probably structured in some wave form, that everything in a sense is a wave. And, That it's, it's nothing, it's, it's, it's merely our location in the universe that allows us to believe that there's some other structure to it besides this waveform. It's important to figure out when you're in an important place, I think. And if we want to talk, talk from more of a scientific perspective, like maybe that's why this quality of resonance has evolved, right? Why we pick up on certain, certain, certain periods in our life. Why this time stoppage feeling happens. It's obviously to en- enunciate or to alliterate something for you, to show it to you, to pull the veil back. But if, if, if we're viewing it from an evolutionary standpoint, how would that come to be? How would you feel this? this wh- how would the idea of deja vu evolve? Why? Could it be some remnant of like an old ancient, like an ancient sense maybe? You know what I mean? Like a sense that, that, that we used to have but is no longer, you know, naturally or uh, um, evolution, evolutionary evolutionarily viable and so we've evolved out of out of using that sense but maybe the circuitry is still there and so we sense there's certain time frames or or certain stimulus activate this ancient you know nerve center in some sense that would be the best description for why we have deja vu that I can come up with right with my working knowledge of science is that it'd have to be some evolutionary uh, byproduct or some remnant of some evolutionary necessity that we've evolved from. But for me, for some reason, that explanation is not very satisfying. It lacks depth because there's this quality of depth that you feel when you're in the moment experiencing these things. These time stoppages, these time elongations, this... The, 
you know, we've talked about it in, in terms of love too before, right? Where you can experience this feeling of time stoppage when you're doing something you love. It's almost like the resonance quality is like cueing you into something you need to pay attention to. It's like you feel that feeling when you are supposed to pay attention. It's like the universe slapping your head and saying, pay attention, watch, look, take notes kind of a thing. <laughs> you know, it's like when you're in the university and your professor says, hey, take notes for this part. It's going to be on the test. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like this, in the more spiritual sense, that's what I think it is. It's like the, it's like the universe slapping you saying, take notes. You know what I mean? Pay attention. And what happens if you don't pay attention? We don't know. That's part of the problem. We don't know if these things are serious or actual. If you should be listening to these things because you don't have any way of knowing whether acting on them is actually effective or not. And how would you, too? Like, how do you act on the feeling of deja vu? You know, because what is it? What is the feeling of deja vu? When you get there, when you're, it's that feeling like you've been here, right? It's a feeling like I've been here, I've done this before. Not just this general thing, but this specific action and this specific, you know, progression. Because what freaks you out about it when you're in the middle of having deja vu is not that you're having it, it's that it continues to happen. So there's this weird quality where like, this is when the time stoppage happens where I don't know if you guys have felt, felt the same way, but when you were experiencing deja vu, it's like first what, 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 what initially attracts your attention is you have this like something, the normal passage of time seems to feel different all of a sudden. There's something that cues you in to, uh, I've been here before. And so it snaps you into this new realm. It like pulls you into this new realm. And literally for a second, I don't I, there is a second or two where everything looks different. It looks weird. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but it's literally like when the first when the first couple seconds you realize you're having deja vu, you you have this awe, this dumbstruck look on your face like where the f am I? <laughs> you know what I mean? What just happened? It's like you got sucked through a wormhole and you're on the other side sitting in a different realm that looks the same but also very different and you also get this weird feeling like you've been there before and I think maybe what deja vu is is one of the more powerful versions of resonance you can experience Because what is resonance? It's talking about the synchronous vibration of a neighboring object in the physics definition. The synchronous, the synchronizing. It's you, right? It's something about you reverberate, you resonate with things that are you. That match your frequency. We talked about this in the that episode, right? In the last episode. That you're in some ways a, a, a radio receiver and a broadcaster. 
right? And and that you receive these messages, you receive messages from the universe and energy from the universe, and you also broadcast it out. And that when you find the right combination of environment, people, situation, all, all that stuff kind of combines and mixes, you reverberate with it. You and in you, it kind of snaps you. I'm wondering if that's what, what deja vu is, is it snaps you. It's like the most powerful version of that into a different perspective, like boom, even if it's only for a split second and it says, boom, you're, you're, you're doing something here. You're matching up right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or maybe you're not matching up right. No, 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 no. I think it's more of your, you are, you're, you're, you're aligned properly or something or, or you're, you're, Because you get this feeling of like, oh yeah, I remember, but you don't know what you're remembering. It's such a weird thing, deja vu, and I don't know why we, it's such so unfounded, and I don't, don't know why we pro, don't prod this, this experience, this phenomenon more, because there's something freaky about it. It's like a checkpoint. It's like deja vu is a checkpoint of some sort. And you experience the checkpoint if you're on the right path, maybe. You have no way of testing it again because you don't know what the right path is. None of us do. But that makes sense. As a checkpoint, you know, a water stop, something like that. It's like, whoop, yep, on the right path, kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Or maybe if you aren't, maybe it's the thing that redirects you, reorients you a little bit. I've always found that there's something that snaps you into the deja vu phenomenon, into that experience. And whatever that initial thing was that snaps you into it is probably what you're meant to focus on, right? So like if it's a person, like if you're talking, you're sitting there and you're talking to a person and all of a sudden deja vu is happening, maybe there's something about that person. Maybe there's something about being, talking to that person that is, is aligning you properly for whatever path you are, are going down or or maybe it's the opposite maybe it's it's maybe it's you need to focus on that person more maybe it's that person is the key to you going down the proper path you know what i mean it could be either of those things all i know excuse me is there something profound about it that you need to pay attention to when these kind of things are happening when you are resonating with things you have to keep your eyes open and pay attention and witness and and take notes on why and when that is happening because i think it might fill in some gaps for everybody's individual life what this all means not just for everyone but for you it's more your roadmap you know it's figuring out what you are at a deep level i tend to think that that's all the same thing that's just my spiritual belief but it doesn't matter what you believe necessarily. It's all about figuring out who you are and what you are deep down. One of the best tools to do that, I think, is to figure out what you resonate with. And in order to do that, you have to figure out what resonance is. Figure out when you're experiencing it, how to recognize it so that you can do this process. And I think one of the best ways to recognize it is to look at the most extreme version of it, which is deja vu. I think. But you can feel much subtler forms of resonance you can feel it when you're in a in a you know you can feel it just looking into somebody's eyes which is weird you cannot say anything to somebody you cannot even know that person i don't know if you've ever had this happen but you could be walking around the supermarket or something like that and you turn 
and somebody else's head turns at the same time and your eyes meet. You had that happen, right? It happens all the time where you'd be sitting at a stoplight and you turn and the other person's head turns at the same time and your eyes meet. That's resonance, I think. What are the odds, the chances of everything that's going on in that world, all of the distractions, all of the things that you should be paying attention to because there are a lot of things that are dangerous that could kill you out in the streets or even in the supermarket. You never know, right? But it's a dangerous world out there. What in that moment made you look at that person at the exact same time that they were looking at you and connecting eyes? What made that happen? Chance? You could go with that. I think it's an incredibly depressing way to view <laughs> these kind of phenomenon because I think there's something much deeper happening there. I think it's a form of resonance. I think there's something about that person or that individual that is calling to you. That is, there's a, there's a resounding quality to it. They, 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 they must have some kind of quality that attracts you in some way. There's this magnetism. That's what pulled your gaze that direction. And that is resonance. I think it's a very simple form of it. It's like, the, it's like the, the very basic form of deja vu. You know? You can experience it in music. You know, I explained in that one episode that the song that, that really reverberates with me by Luke Combs, even though I'm leaving. That, that, that song, the first time I heard that, it literally, it was a time stoppage moment for me. I sat in that car and I played it on loop and I lost track of time. Because it, 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 there's something about not only the words, but the melody of it that reverberated with me. The words added to it. It was like the words were the sprinkling on top. It was like the, it was the, it was the icing on the cake. But the, it, was, it, was, it was something about the combination of all those things that spoke to me. And that reverberation with whatever I am deep down is what caused this time stoppage effect. This feeling like I'm completely and utterly in this moment. You can experience it when looking at art. I was recently, um, <clears throat> I was recently for one of my jobs, I'm a caterer, and I had a, a, a pretty nice like art gala that it was like a silent auction that I that I worked, um, and it was really interesting because there was a couple you know pretty nice pieces of art there. Uh, one really famous one that I'd seen before actually, um, and. I realize so there's there's this let me find the name of this painting painting of lady dressed like sugar all right I don't think I'm gonna be able to find it because it's pretty obscure so it's not as popular as I thought but there's this one painting that I've seen before and it was really weird um because I have I don't remember where I saw this painting before but as soon as I walked into this place, I looked and there was this painting sitting there. And it was it's a it's an image of I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's this, it's he's a fairly famous art, artist because I'm pretty sure I I saw his image in like his paintings in school. But um basically it's of this kind of mid 1950s like housewife in like a really nice like sundress, yellow sundress, but she's dressed as like a like if you if you've ever seen like sweet and low marketing or something like that from the 50s. She's dressed like that. Like her, her clothing is like she's the like she's the you know like the the orbit ladies from the orbit commercials or something. You know what I mean? Um, like like she's a walking billboard basically, and it is kind of a play or a commentary on this like consumerism 
consumerist society and everything being so you know vain right that's what the, the comment is of the art is artist is commenting on that but the artwork itself is something I, I recognize because it's such a unique image that I recognized it right away and and I experienced a mini version of this resonance this time stoppage effect this time elongating effect where I just I was like whoa why is that there and why do I remember it you know what I mean why do I recognize that? Because again, not not extremely, but obviously not not popular enough for me to be able to find it in a Google search. You know what I mean? But something that I that I had come across before in my life that all of a sudden I am standing right in front of the actual physical version of it at an art gala, and standing there and looking at the painting, it, I could have stood there for an hour and not realized it. I really could have. This resonance quality. Why? I don't know. I have no idea why that painting, that one painting, why? That one was the one that pulled me or drew me towards it. What's even more curious is when what artists, the most famous artists, the ones that, that are the most renowned usually become renowned after their death, right? And then also they, 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 I think the reason they're the most popular is they're able to do that to make that feeling I was just describing for a majority of people. So they produce paintings that speaks to people in a very deep way that makes them feel connected. Like they made that painting for them. Right? I also think there's something revealing in that. Because they didn't. But you still feel that way. Go find whatever your favorite painting is. I mean, you maybe not have one. You may not have one. But go type in. Just look at famous works of art. And you'll find one that you sit on longer than others. That you kind of look. And you, you keep on. The deeper you look, the more you find some more detail maybe. Or maybe it reminds you of a memory or something like that. Go find a painting like that. And look at it. And then re- think about what I just said. That what you're picking out of that thing... And the reason that you're looking at it is because other people have seen that same thing and felt a similar set of emotions. Maybe not exactly the same, but they've pulled meaning out of it. And the ability for the artist to be able to do that, to imbue something with so much meaning, so much depth, that you can have millions of people look at it and have varied interpretations but the same experience I mean it's the same thing with music (laughs) you know you can ask somebody what the song is about but they all have the same experience of it you know in some ways maybe it works the opposite with music maybe it's you know music inspires the emotion that emotion reminds you of a memory and that memory is what you associate with the song being made right we kind of personalize it retrospectively resonance is attached to meaning in some way some deep way maybe it's not just meaning maybe it's truth That when you resonate with someone, something, some place, 
that what you're experiencing is something true. And what do I mean by true in that context? I mean, I think I mean something unadulterated. Uh, something that hasn't been ran through a filter. That doesn't have any kind of ulterior motive to it. You know, it's kind of like, um, I think it's kind of like, like people themselves, because they're playing this ego game, I, I, I honestly think like, you know, the ego game we've talked about, the ego, I, I think people know they're playing this, but they hide it from themselves. Everybody knows they're acting, but they trick themselves into thinking that nobody else is for some reason. And then they play this game like they have to hide from other people because they can't figure out what I am, that I'm not playing, that I'm playing the game, you know, that I'm tricking everybody, that I'm (laughs) an actor. And they don't realize that everybody else is doing the same thing. So it makes this situation where people don't, people are inherently mis... They don't trust other people. And people don't identify truth as coming directly from the person. People identify truth in the form of art. Because it's disembodied. The artwork itself is disembodied. It's not the person. It's detached from them. And it actually isn't even a representation of them anymore. It's a representation of an idea or a feeling or something like that. (laughs) Doc Sagan. Son logs again, sorry. And so what the person can do is they can... I think what art allows people to do is feel like they don't have to play that game. It allows them to be genuine in a way that is disembodied to where they don't have to attach whatever they're creating to the ego that they often embody. They can dis- they can separate those two things and they can they can say this is the real, this is the truth, and then I can put this mask on and play whatever role is I play. But you can't do that when you, you know you can't you can't relay depth or truth when you're playing the ego game because it, it's it's by definition shallow. <laughs> you know what I mean? You are shallow when you're wearing your mask. But you're not shallow or, 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 or you're not wearing that mask intrinsically. You're not shallow intrinsically. You have a lot of depth to character of character. You have a lot of depth of experience. And every individual does. And the way that we express those things is through artwork, through, through, you know, through, through music, through poem, poetry, through speech, like I'm doing with you right now. You know, through those, those kind of, that kind of engagement. I think the speech one is a little harder because <laughs> you're still playing with the ego when you're talking, right? It helps to eliminate words. Because there's something that will show... I mean, you can look at different images. You know, I have random images pulled up right now, but you can look at just different random images and you can see ego in it. But it's usually clearly identified, you know? You can see people's masks. They usually talk about them in artwork or music. They'll talk about the things they pretend, the things they want to say, but they won't say. You know what I mean? When I say talk about it in artwork, I mean they'll put it in their art or put an image of it, a literal image of it, you know? That's why you get some of these abstract artists that are so profound. It's because they put an image to 
a feeling or a thought that has never been embodied. They were actually embodying it. They're not embodying it, but they're, they're, they'll like anthropomorphize it or they'll, they'll do something to kind of bring it into being, give it a birth, make it something you can look at and hold, make it something more tangible so that you can then comment and think on it. Why am I talking about this? You know, I don't know. I think it's because there's something really important about resonance, about recognizing these points in your life. It doesn't have to be every time you're standing in front of a piece of art, you know, because we very seldomly are, right? Have the time to just sit there and gaze at something or to sit in our car and listen to music on repeat. But when those things happen, when that moment strikes you, seize it. Don't run away from it. Don't make yourself feel like you're crazy. And don't worry about what other people are going to think about you when you're in that moment. You know? Embrace it. Let time go. Lose yourself in whatever it is you're doing. You know? We've talked about being able to experience this time stoppage effect when you're doing the simplest task as well. That's what's so beautiful about it. And there's something, you know, maybe I should go down that thread a little bit more. We're getting toward, towards time here, but you can lose track of time when you're doing something that you enjoy, but you can also lose track of time when you're doing something that you don't want to do, but you do well. Something that has a, a built-in internal, it has a, a way of, it's, it's a, I, I think it's something about simple tasks. It's just something, it's something with being able to lose yourself in the action. And when you focus all your intent on something, even if it's something that you don't want to do. Maybe it's just, it shows you that time is an illusion. Maybe that's what it is. I think that's what I'm coming to. I think that's a pretty big assertion to make, but I, it's already been asserted. I mean, Einstein's described time as, as a, a fabric a mixture of space. It's, it's, it's intertwined with space. But it's not something you can hold on to. It never was. It, it, the t- time, the solidity of time in the way we think about it, I think is an illusion. I don't think time exists. I think changes exist. Variation and experience exists. And because we witness this variation consistently throughout our lives, we witness this progression. We think it's solid. We call it time and we think it's solid. But it's it's not. It, it, it's, it's something... It, it's It's... it's Even if it is something solid, it's not that important, I guess. 
time is not that important. And there's there's something about the secular secular worldview that, that says the opposite, I think. That says like time is of the essence. Seize it, seize it, seize it. And 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 it's weird because I feel like the right course of action, the right thing to embody would be a mixture of both of those. To treat time as if it's something that you need to seize, but also that's something that's not that important. Did you get what I'm saying? <laughs> it's finding this balance between the two. Because if you ever found somebody that is so wrapped up in their ability to control things, that you'll notice that they're focused on time and the passage of it, like, almost addictively. Like, they need to, like, check the time, check the time, check the time. Like, how much time do I have here? How much time do I have here? How much? It's, like, it's, it's just this constant, like, struggle. Whereas you have people that don't consider time important at all, they, they're very unproductive, right? They're frustrating to deal with because you can't get them to show up on time anywhere, <laughs> right? Things like that. So there's this certain quality aspect, this balance that you have to have where you have to recognize that time is a thing that is important, that is tangible, at least to other people. <laughs> you know what I mean? That people treat as tangible. So you have to treat as tangible up to a certain point. But also you need to recognize that it's only so right that it, there is a limit to it and that that if you really want to get down to it and strip everything away this tick tock tick tock tick tock is really nothing <laughs> it's really nothing it's a way of dividing up the world and that's what we do as human beings we divide things up compartmentalize them identify them threat non-threat you know what i mean that's what we do and so what if we do, it makes sense that what we've done as we've evolved is figured out a way to divide up whatever this is. We call that time. You know, all you need is a start point and an end point and you have to divide, put, you know, regularly spaced intervals between that start and end point and that's time. You know? Because we have continuing, you know, we have people that are always here. You know, we're never just one person living and dying, but we're multiple people living and dying together. And all of those lifespans being different varied lengths and happening at different points in the passage of time means that we get this illusion as if time is a real thing. Because it continues on after we're here and it was before we were. But... Time's only as relevant as the time is only relevant if it's relevant. <laughs> it's and that's not very often. It, it's like a tool you can use, like I said, to get people to the same spot, location at the same time, right? Or, but really, all the only other thing it helps with is like measuring efficiency. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, I don't know. I guess if I, we ended on time, guys. I don't know why we ended on time, but that's what I, <laughs> I think I got for you. Time and resonance, man. Like, deja vu, the stoppage of time, all of that. I guess uh, there's some link there. We've gotten a little deeper than we were before, right? Resonance. I, I, I ended on, I didn't go into this enough, but I ended on string theory, right? Let's let's end with this. I want to, I'll extend it a little bit. String theory. So I'm going to go and read you a definition 
explanation of string theory real quick. All right. What is string theory? This is going to be from LiveScience.com, and I will post the excerpts of uh, what I read here, or I'll post a link to this article so you can read it. All right. Unraveling Mysteries. This is a little uh, section from the middle of this article. String theory is one of the proposed methods for producing a theory of everything, a model that describes all known particles and forces that would supersede the standard model of physics, which can explain everything except gravity. Many scientists believe in string theory because of mathematical beauty. The equations of string theory are described as elegant, and its descriptions of the physical world are considered extremely satisfying. The theory explains gravity via a particular vibrating string whose properties correspond to that of the hypothetical graviton, a quantum mechanical particle that would carry the gravitational force. That the theory bizarrely requires 11 dimensions to work rather than the three of space and one of time we normally experience has not dissuaded physicists who advocate it. They simply describe how the extra dimensions are all curled up in an extremely tiny space on the order of 10 to the negative 33 centimeters, which is very small, holy crap, which is small enough that we can't normally detect them. Researchers have used string theory to try to answer fundamental questions about the universe, such as what goes on inside a black hole or to simulate cosmic processes like the Big Bang. Some scientists have even attempted to use string theory to get a handle on dark energy, the mysterious force accelerating the expansion of time. So the reason I read that to you is because this is the most popular theory of, this is one of the most popular theories for what this is, what the universe is at a base level, the theory of everything, bore out in mathematics, not entirely, but in a large part. It's the idea of strings, that foundationally what we are is something that vibrates, something that plays music. (laughs) You know what I mean? You heard in that description, too, one of the reasons that attract, scientists are attracted to this is the beauty of it. There's something beautiful about this. But beauty is still something science can't describe, can't explain. What is it? <laughs> I think we're coming to a point, folks, where science is starting to explain the things that spirituality and religion have been talking about for millennia. And I think we're not very far from having the mathematics bear that out. I don't think we're ever going to get to a theory of everything. Because I think having a theory of everything would equate yourself to God. I don't know if it's possible. Because partially what I believe is that God is this. It's everything around us. It's the universe itself. And so for us to have a theory of everything would mean for us to understand not only us and this earth, but everything in its entirety, where we came from, why we came from, too. Anyway, let's leave it with that. Focus on the times when you feel like time is stopping and time is elongating and time is getting shorter. Focus on those periods of time because whenever it's happening, when that is happening, something important. There's some important information being passed there. So focus on that. Alrighty? And with that, that is going to be the Unfounded Podcast signing off. Have a good rest of your day. Bye.